I know. That's actually what's done it is age has done it. I, I used to be <laughs> waiting for that the, miracle, Michael. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I always, always used to fly by the seat of my pants, but now I realise my pants have must have a hole in it because everything falls out. Okay. <laughs> and I'm forgetting so much. Can we extract that and put that on the first episode, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> My, Michael's wisdom of the month. <laughs> Get organised because you might have a hole in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast. Well, a teaser. We thought it'd be important for you to get to know us. And in our unique way, we came up with a few interesting questions for each other to help that along the way. We hope you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed making it. Why Scotland? Um, I love the mountains. I'm not a fan of heat. I need to be in the cold. And um, there aren't many people up there. <laughs> so it just means you can walk for miles and just see lots of animals and not very many people. And not much evidence of people either. No rubbish and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's it pretty much really. <laughs> Short answer. Um, stained glass. This is one does, you know. I got, I got a city in Guilds. I just decided I really wanted to have a go with it. And there was a sw- short little six week course and I gave it a go, really enjoyed it, made something hideous with really bad soldering, but kept going with it. And um, I ended up doing a city in guilds. Um, so I've got a stained glass window in my house that I've made and a couple in the houses around here, fan lights and things like that. But I stopped doing it because of the lead and, um, and it, it literally is something that is just centuries old. So you still use lead cane um, to, and you stretch it and you put the... the, the um, the glass into the lead cane and you cement it and you put um cement the whole thing together the cement is quite horrible stuff and it's all quite toxic so i stopped it um when i was doing ivf because it just felt a little bit too life on the edge and um i've just started it again i've got my shed sorted out with everything in it and um I've got a kiln, so I fire glass as well in that too and i paint on it too um i don't tend to do fuse stuff but um bowls or anything but I I do a lot of hand painting and fire it and I really like it and it's my kind of go-to happy place anything creative helps with my mental health so the whole thing about fonts and design and all those things it's just where I lose myself and I'm very happy doing that cool. well when Vicky finds out you do that that mm. means I'll be out of the picture because right. you're both really Cornwall yeah making things out of glass because she yeah. loves that as well I know she does because I've seen you and I've seen her talk about that and I um yeah we should do that I I can probably find us a nice chapel somewhere like that you know I could find you a pub if you like you can run the pub and and Vicky and I will just get creative I've got a whole life worked out for us you know (laughs) I hate it I'd rather live with you why because no, we've got so much kind of creative potential. Oh, you pop. But you know, you, you can pop over if you want, or I rent one of those turrets in your chateau, um, and we can get all creative there. I don't mind. Just you know, yeah, we're destiny. Right. <laughs> what was your most embarrassing moment of your life? Who too? Uh, Michael. <laughs> it wasn't so much embarrassing for me. 
but it was embarrassing for others. I, um, I used to be a bit of a karaoke junkie and um, I have a bit of a Tom Jones sort of voice. And my sister was over from the UK and um, we went out for dinner. There was my mum, there was Vicky and there was my sister Karen and, and we went um, for dinner and then we heard the, the, you know, the, the, we heard the karaoke, that really horrible singing that you get when people are pissed. And, um, and we decided we'll go in there. And I did a Tom Jones song and I think it was not unusual. And out from, out from the audience came this big set of knickers flying slow motion <laughs> all the way. And I caught them. And, and I, I, have, I have three witnesses. This, so they, they, I can't lie about this. And um, my sister, my mum, we just sort of slipped under the table. <laughs> So, um, what yeah. did you do with the knickers? What did you ha what happened to them? I, I don't know. Is that a memory <laughs> you wish to be banished from your mind? I don't know. You like weighed them around, I, yeah. Oh, I did that. <laughs> it's somewhere that I've always been to since I was a kid. So, when we were children, we used to drive down to Paddington Station in my dad's maxi. And we used to get on the sleeper train. My dad worked for the railway, so we used to get free travel. And we were kids, so we used to get on the sleeper train and the car would go on a thing called the motor rail. And no one believes me that the motor rail existed, but it's a real thing. And the car would go on these wagons on the back and we'd pile into the, um, the sleeper compartment. We'd usually be in our pyjamas. Mum and Dad would kind of put us in our pyjamas and we'd go down and hope to God that the car didn't break down on the way to London because there's two kids and their jimmy jams in the back seat. And um, we'd go down to Penzance and we'd get the car off the back of the train, drive it along Penzance platform. It had already been down the Paddington um, station platform. Um, there's a little, there's a little um, slope that goes down. Anyway, and we... We get to Cornwall, we go to Polseath, which is now kind of hipsterville, but when we were kids, it wasn't, and we stayed in these flats right opposite the beach. And the people that owned them, the Philps family, Stephen and Helen Philp, they were like our other set of grandparents. And we absolutely loved it. We had these ridiculous kind of flats that were kind of carved out of what used to be a tea room. But I can remember, had loads of false walls um, and hidden cupboards. and. We absolutely loved it. We had my dad with us all the time, my mum, and it was happy, happy times. And I go back there. If I don't go back at least every two years, ideally once a year, um, then I get really, really grumpy. It's the far, far west. Not Polzeef now, it's too busy up there, but the very, very far west, right down by Senan and by the real Land's End as opposed to the, the theme park and places like that are just... Oh, I just feel happy there, just really happy. And actually, anytime I've ever been sad about Cornwall, I went to the Isle of Scilly because that's even better. Everyone needs to go to the Isle of Scilly. And I got back to Cornwall and said, like, oh, I hate Cornwall, <laughs> which I've never had that feeling before. Um, but the Isle of Scilly was just like, I, I, we went there several times and I actually went through that when we were going through starting IVF. 
and it was a bit of a kind of a mare trying to get there because the I had a very hyperstimulation syndrome, OHSS, and the doctors were like, well, you can't go, but I have to go. I've really got to go. We've booked the sleeper, we've booked everything. We ended up going a day late because they wouldn't let me go. Um, and we negotiated and off I went. And um, the second time we went was when um, I think, one of our cycles had just failed. So, but, and I remember crying buckets when I had to leave, but actually it was one of the nicest places to go to just to recover. And the hours are silly because it's a very working area. It's not completely touristy and it's also got lots of quiet spaces. So you can cry in sand dunes and no one knows you're there. It's great. You have a table for four. Who would you like to be the other three people at the table? There can be anyone dead or alive. Okay. Or past, past or alive. <laughs> um, so I've put my late nan because um, mm -hmm. she wasn't afraid to have an opinion on anything. <laughs> um, she she spoke as she found pretty much, which is kind of what I'd like to be able to start doing myself at some point. Um, I've also put Mark Thomas. I don't know if you know who Mark Thomas is. Tell the tell everyone who Mark Thomas um, is. So he's um, he's kind of like a political journalist mm -hmm. slash comedian slash yeah. uh, anarchist. Mm. Um, he a he raconteur. Yeah, pretty much. He's he's sort of he does a lot of tours. So he'll go around and he'll talk about various things. He's taken on Coca Cola mm. and their, um, shambolic record when it comes to draining wells dry in India. Mm -hmm. um and their their impact on the environment he's taken on i think it was rbs because they built on some public land in london and then um banned people from walking around like a little triangle of land outside so he did yeah. a 10 mile walk around their little triangle of land just to <laughs> annoy them uh, and he's just very funny he's also my weird crush he's like <laughs> he's like in his 50s and but he's just i think it's because he speaks his mind and he does it wittily and he's just he's just very very entertaining i think everyone's entitled to have a weird crush mine's paul whitehouse the comedian because i just absolutely i just <laughs> love him and he just makes me laugh every time i talk to him but anyway so who's your third person um i well i sort of put i was thinking like tony wright who's the lead singer of my favorite band but then i also thought bob mortimer who's another oh one yes crush. have you have you seen the bob mortimer and paul whitehouse go fishing yes oh, that's, <laughs> that's our total program <laughs> like i can't believe you want to record this it's like hmm yeah <laughs> I know, we need to binge watch yeah we'll be very Doesn't happy like bob mortimer <laughs> <laughs> i told you, you got weird crushes all over the show um oh, yeah. he's he's also very funny he he's oh he, he creased me up he was, he was on um great british bake-off in the uk and he was talking about how he's wearing slippers on set and that just i don't know why but it just made me laugh <laughs> So yeah, it would just it it'd be a totally random but entertaining table. <laughs> We'd like to take a little break here to mention that the Full Stop Podcast has a presence on the Trinity of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we have an awesome website designed by Berenice, www.thefullstoppod.com. The Full Stop Pod, all one word. We'd also like to remind you that this podcast it's inspired by you, featuring you, and made for you. Do either of you have any skills or talents that most people don't know about? What do you do? Mm. You've already said one of yours, I reckon, Michael. I bet you have. 
Well, okay, if I could, if I could just follow on that, yeah. Um, I, I was, and sometimes tend to be really shy. It was, um, uh, um, I used to cry myself to sleep as a kid, you know, and in, in my late teens, because I was so shy and I just, I couldn't get out of that. So as, I'm, as I got a little bit older, um, into my 20s um, and 30s, I took acting lessons and dancing, uh, acting and singing lessons okay. to, to, to purely just help me get over um, that, um, yeah, that shyness. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I, I looked in the paper. Yeah, well, I think it was paper back then, yellow pages maybe. But I found somebody who would do singing lessons. So I rock up to her house. And um, go. She's got a front room that's set out with a with a grand piano, um, and asked me, you know, what do you, what is it you want to do? And I said, well, I, I, I want to learn to sing. Um, I might, I might go into a musical. You know, I don't know. I just, but I, I want to get over my shyness. Well, she says, well, I've I've taught at the Conservatory of Music. Um, you know, I'm a trained cl- um, classical opera singer. And um, it's just getting worse, and it's just getting worse, and it's just getting worse. Isn't that very intimidating? Oh, it is. It is, especially when this woman's just about to smash a glass with a voice. You know, um, I did it, and you know, um, and also the acting lessons really helped me. And yeah, I'm, but I was notorious for never learning my lines properly. Notorious. <laughs> Have you been on the stage? Have you actually been on the stage and been in a play or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I know you've sung. I know you've sung Tom Jones, obviously, uh, but yeah, you've done other stuff. <laughs> I've um, uh, Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. I played Bob. I played Bob Cratchit. Oh, um, wow. I've been in a play called Dancing at Lunasa, which is it's about a um, a set of Irish uh, sisters, and one of them's had an illegitimate son, which is me, but. I'm telling the story as a mature man. Mm. And um, when, when, I, when the, teacher, the, the acting teacher found out that I was taking singing lessons and there was a particular song that is a Hebridean folk song that I was singing, she says, oh, we've got to get that in the show. So imagine that there's um, the, you know, the, the set is dark the audience is in, in pitch black and then all you hear is this Hebridean folk song being sung as, as the intro to the, to the, um, to the, to the play. And oh, and I had to do it all in an Irish accent as well. <laughs> Show us your Irish accent. Go on then. Um, well, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I can do it straight off, but, but um, <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> comes and goes, you know, um, yeah, uh, oh, hang on. Um, as I cast my mind back to the summer of 1936, different signs of memories offer themselves to me. So that was my opening lines. I still remember. That's, that's the Full Stop Podcast brought to you by BBC Radio 4. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work uh, for a, like a financial services company and every year they'd have a Christmas party. And oh, I never yeah. went until this year. And um, I like a well, I like a I like a lot of drink. Um, <laughs> in my twenties, so I get away with it. 
and um i don't know why but um i decided i was going to wear a dress i don't usually wear dresses i'm more of a trousers kind of girl because it's easier and uh, i went i remember going to the loo i'd been dancing on the dance floor and i thought oh, i need to go to the loo so i went to the loo and then i walked back in the room and i thought of course a bit cold and um i tucked my dress into the back of my um my tights and i had a thong on and i'd walk <laughs> the border directly and basically mooned the border directors and um there was no getting away from the fact that they'd spotted either so um yeah <laughs> uh, so very red faced i sort of tried to merge into the crowd but um they're not going to remember they're not going to forget that face are they <laughs> no yeah, they won't no no <laughs> No. Oh my gosh, that takes a lot of courage to go back to work. But maybe they were all so drunk they don't remember anyway. So, we probably... uh, no, 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 there was there was comments. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. That's when you have to kind of get somebody else at the party way more drunk than you in order for them to do something even worse. <laughs> it never happens. There's no, no talking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah, what would you be having? Uh, mine's real ale. Um, not lager. It's got to be proper beer. Chewy oh, beer. me too. I love you even more than I did before. <laughs> it has to be. I would drink cider, but cider and I get a little carried away. It's not good. Um, but real ale. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm, I'm much the same, but I like dark beers. I like a stout. One of my favourite drinks is Steakson's Old Peculiar. Um, yes, I like that, but I like stouts. Yes. But I'm actually not drinking at the minute just because I'm. I'm not. So God knows what would happen. Never be a festival soon. I dread to think. Anyway. Oh, I'll be cheap. <laughs> yeah, I'm very cheap date at the moment. Just if anyone needs to know that, I'm a cheap date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, cheap date. Um, <laughs> okay, Sarah, what is your skill or talent that no one knows about? I haven't really got, well, I don't have that many skills or talents, to be honest with you. I mean, running is kind of my thing. I remember mm. I started when I was in my 20s. I had mm -hmm. similar problems to uh, Michael. I had problems with shyness and my mental health was not good mm -hmm. in my 20s. So I took up running as a way to just focus and get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And it started off, I was doing one minute walking, one minute running. And then I slowly built it up. I mean, I only I only ever get participant medals. You know, I sort of rock up for races and I get participant, but it keeps me on the, the straight and narrow for my mental health, really, and my, my health in general, fitness-wise. It kind of um, brought me back from the brink after my hysterectomy as well. So my one goal after the hysterectomy was, well, there was two, wear jeans again, because you can't get into your jeans, and two was to get back to running. So it's kind of kept me on straight and narrow and given me a focus. That's wonderful. I'm there's, so you. Much, there's so much benefits of running. I'm not particularly good at it, but I do try just because I find it's that steady kind of beat of running. That just yeah. Keeps going. yeah. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. <laughs> yeah. I think it's amazing. You did eight miles before you actually joined us this morning to talk. And um, well, well, that's done. probably why I've talked so much because I'm a bit knackered now. It's just like, oh. <laughs> 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 <It's> just like <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who is someone you admire and why? It's 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 another ancestry thing. Sorry, I did warn you. I've got an obsession. <laughs> but um, I, had a, I had a third cousin. Um, I, I've so we've done the DNA test. Okay. 
And so I have a list of people who I'm, I'm, you know, DNA matched with. And me being me, I've reached out to nearly all of them. Well, my um, third cousins, that is. Fourth cousins gets a bit freaky. But, and one of them is a woman who lives on the west coast of America whose mother was Australian. It turns out that her father in the Second World War was stationed in Perth in Western Australia, met, met uh, Lynn's mother, uh, and they got married. And then he had to go off to fight the rest of the war. And at the end of the war, Lynn's mum then made her way to America. But through, through, the, um, through the investigation of finding how we, how we were you know, um, related in terms of you know, the lineage, we came across my great-great-great-grandmother and her great-grandmother were sisters in Ireland. 18... For 1850s, a woman called Lucinda Whitten was 19 with her sister Hannah, and Lucinda was this woman in America's, you know, uh, relative, and her sister Hannah was 21, and they got on a sailing ship. And can you imagine the the strength of character that those two girls would have had to have to take a six month journey in a in a in an old sailing ship full of very un-PC sailors, I'm sure, mm. uh, to eke out a life in Australia, which was and still is somewhat the ends of the earth. So I think about those, you know, when I think about tough times, I think about those women and particularly Lucinda because, you know, I have that connection with her great-great-granddaughter and think, you know, it ain't that bad. No, no. So, yeah, so there's someone of mine and that's the reason why. Fantastic. I know that I once went to, I once went to a petrol station and, oh God, years and years ago, back, back in the day, you used to get the, <laughs> these kind of, um, they were like tights, but they weren't tights and they weren't kind of stockings, elastic at the top. I don't know what they were called anyway. And, and I was filling the car up with, um, with fuel and they had to walk across this really big forecourt to go and pay and the, the elastic went. I was kind of hobbling across, trying to hold up and walking across. Can we not put that one on? I don't want anyone to know that. And it was a very long walk. It was a really long walk. And it was just like, why am I, why, why anyway? But because I couldn't not pay. I had to pay, you know, and I had to kind of shuffle with this kind of, I looked like I probably kind of had a, an accident. We're going back to pants again, aren't we? Again? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't anyway. it amazing how these times in your life seem to go in slow motion? It was hours. It was the longest walk I've run. Oh, quicker. And yeah, anyway, it was bloody must anyway. Shall I tell you I've more? Never, I've still never gone back into the petrol station. <laughs> years later. I know which one it was. I never go in there. I could be literally, the car could be beeping at me because it needed desperately filling. I'd still go to the other one up the road. <laughs> Sadly, that's where we're going to have to leave it for now. We really enjoyed making this, and I hope you can tell. Please don't forget to follow us on all the major platforms, and I forgot to say that if you go to our website, www.thefullstoppod.com, you'll be able to sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss out on an episode, as we have some really exciting guests planned for the future. And lastly... 
to our Childless Not Bought Chores family, it's important for us to let you know you are not alone. Michael's wisdom words are coming <laughs> oh. Everything falls out. <laughs> <laughs>